Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun. It's our weekly podcast featuring in-depth interviews with experts from AccuWeather and from around the world, bringing you behind-the-scenes information, stories, and news on the weather, climate change, and the outdoors, covering topics from the worlds of science, sports, and space. It's all the information you need to weatherproof your life. And now, here's the host of Everything Under the Sun, AccuWeather meteorologist, Dean DeVore. Friends, welcome in. This is episode nine of our fall series for 2022. And as we come to the last weekend in October, some fall weather coming back into the Northeast after a little warm-up. Talk about the warmth. It's still around in the Central Plains in the Southeast, and we'll start to be pushing back towards the Northeast as we go into the weekend and beyond. And that cold, wintry weather is continuing out west. We'll talk about the weather for the upcoming week and week beyond in segment two. But up next in our first Rays of Focus segment, a very special honor that we're happy to tell you about from the the National Weather Service to AccuWeather. Sit back and relax, friends. It's time to talk about everything under the sun from AccuWeather.com. Several years ago, NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, put together a program called Weather Ready Nation Ambassadorship. And that's to talk about and help everybody get better information about the weather, unifying, action-oriented, inclusive, a force multiplier, all these partnerships from the National Weather Service and NOAA, working with all kinds of groups and organizations, including private companies like AccuWeather, to really help get the weather message out. And over the last six years, the NOAA folks have uh, taken those ambassadors for Weather Ready Nation and honored some of them, making them ambassadors of distinction. And AccuWeather is very fortunate to be the first private weather forecasting company to be one of those ambassadors of distinction. And so it's our pleasure to welcome uh, Doug Hildebrand. We've had Doug on before from the National Weather Service, went to Bucknell, University of South Florida, and North Carolina State. And his mission with the National Weather Service is to kind of be that person to Take that Weather Ready Network or Weather Ready Nation situation and and help uh, spread the word and tell people what it is about. So he is the preparedness and resilience program lead, including managing Weather Ready Nation ambassador, storm ready and sky warm programs. It's a real pleasure to welcome Doug Hildebrand to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Doug, welcome in. It is uh, good to talk to you. Uh, we've had you here before to talk about Weather Ready Nation, and uh, it's really exciting to make this announcement that we're going to talk about today. But kind of let's just go over what this means, what Weather Ready Nation means, what the goal of the National Weather Service has been with this program over the last several years. Sure. So again, thank you for having me. So Weather Ready Nation, you know, your little elevator pitch, boiling it down, it's ensuring that a good, accurate forecast 
leads to a good outcome from a societal impacts perspective. So you can look at, you know, some notable events of the past, even as recently as, as a Hurricane Ian or, you know, Sandy from, uh, you know, we're coming up on the 10-year anniversary of, of Superstorm Sandy. Really good forecasts. And yet, you know, you, you see the devastation, you see the loss of lives. So whether a nation, as the name implies, we're trying to get people, we're trying to get businesses, we're trying to get communities to be better prepared, taking action, sharing with others, um, and and really getting to that bottom line of what kind of impacts we get from these extreme events. And you're right about that. I mean, AccuWeather has been well working within the partnership that we've always kind of celebrated, which was, and and we've often <laughs> called it the three-legged stool. There's um, there's the public sector, which uh, is you know, certainly the the National Weather Service and NOAA takes care of the public sector forecasting. There's the private sector forecasting, private companies like AccuWeather. And then there's the branch of meteorology and research that is really fine-tuned through the university and the school setting. And those three situations have to work together for the common good. And, And we've seen many examples of that situation uh, over the last couple of decades, I think as all three parts of that scenario have embraced this and wanted to get it better. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. And, you know, I want to make a really firm point, and that is, you know, public safety, the the weather safety aspect, that, that mission from the National Weather Service of Saving Lives and Property is a shared mission across the weather industry, across academia, where, as you put it, I love the, the, the three-legged stool there, we work in concert with each other. You can't um, you know, have a weather-ready nation without the ongoing you know, state of the science, the research, the development, the social science that goes into how we communicate with the public. Uh, and then the, the, uh, the added um, services and products and communications and outreach that the weather industry like AccuWeather has um, is invaluable. We could not meet our mission without the sort of the the, the broader term is the weather enterprise. Yes. And, yeah. uh, and and I'll also make a point that you know globally, looking at uh, our our domestic approach, you know we we are sort of the gold standard uh, with other countries and 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 the rest of the world where it comes to this interplay between public, private, and and research communities. So um, one of the ways that you enlist that help is you ask if people want to become Weather Ready Nation ambassadors. So describe what exactly goes into how people qualify or get sure. approved to be an ambassador for Weather Ready Nation. So, so look at it as a, do- a front door opening, right? where we want to embrace the contributions, the, uh, the unique skill sets that organizations have of all kinds. So from a big you know, multimedia company like AccuWeather down to the mom and pop shop in a community, but it's, it's sort of the nerve center, right? People know the owners and they go there for their morning coffee. What a better way 
you know, to, to help spread uh, weather forecasts and, and the potential for an extreme event and, and reach out to those underserved or vulnerable to extreme events. And that's how it all works. And so this ambassador program, and we've got more than 12,000 organizations of all kinds from, you know, Fortune 500 companies, again, all the way down to, you know, fire and police stations. Uh, it's a it's a shared goal of resilience. And then what we, you know, where the power is, is when we tap those unique skill sets and, uh, and work together, work collaboratively, have consistent, you know, messaging on weather safety that uh, as a unified front it is is really been profound over the last 10 years. So um, AccuWeather is the first private sector company to be named an ambassador to the Weather Ready Nation program. Talk about that and the process. And uh, I know when Ken Graham was here just a, a month or so ago, we were celebrating our 60th anniversary. That was uh, something he was so happy to announce, uh, the executive director of the National Weather Service and, and stuff. And I know um, you and he are very core missioned about communication and getting people to know what they need to know, not only those on the ground experiencing the weather, but those who are actually tasked with giving it. And I think that's kind of the the the, the play here where, you know, National Weather Service and, and AccuWeather have worked together for years. And I think that partnership is as strong as ever. And uh, so talk a little bit about AccuWeather's uh, being named this ambassador. Pretty, pretty good stuff, right? You've been there since the beginning. And even with our rollout and, uh, you know, I, I, I frequently tell this story about, you know, when Weather Ready Nation, the broader, you know, sort of strategic imperative back, you know, right after all of the extreme events of 2011 and 2012, uh, you know, Barry, Meyer, <laughs> Barry Myers walked up uh, to me and a few others and said, you know, we, we love this idea. We want to be a part of it. And I know when the when the ambassador program came out, AccuWeather was anxious to hop on board and really, uh, you know, year in and year out is doing things that are innovative. You have AccuWeather Ready, which is really a, a great program to, again, you know, side by side with the National Weather Service on weather safety. And, you know, I, I always point that, you know, our job is never done because there's always new people moving into different cities. Mm, yeah. Um, you have the the youth of America that needs to be educated. You know, it's really fulfilling on my end that that working with AccuWeather, working with other organizations, we are making this country weather ready. And that's a great point. Um, and I think it goes back to Hurricane Ian, right, where we saw obviously the devastations from Hurricane Ian, but so many new people had moved into Florida from other parts of the country since the pandemic and may not have had as healthy as res respect for what we were seeing as that storm was plowing towards the peninsula uh, as maybe they should have. And uh, I don't think it was from a lack of effort of telling them because, you know, when we were staring that uh, just awful scenario down uh, the day or two before, we knew it was going to happen. But this is important. I think there is a lot of more transients in this country than there used to be. And you move into a new area 
it's hard to get used to the weather patterns, especially as the weather patterns are changing. That's the other thing with the climate change that we're dealing with. 100-year storms now are 10-year storms. Some of these that's situations, right. Doug, I hate to see the 100-year storm anymore, right? Yeah, that's no, you're, you're making all good points. And, you know, reflecting back, you know, on the sort of the West Coast there of Florida, people were referring to a Hurricane Charlie, right? You know, but that's we're coming up on almost 20 years <laughs> Since, since that hurricane impacted uh, sort of that west central part of the coast in Florida, how many new people are living there from 20 years ago? Other events, when, when we compare one storm to another, it, it can be a benefit, right? Because you can compare and you can talk about the impacts. But every storm is different, mm -hmm. and every storm is different to specific locations. So there are people, even with Irma, a few years ago, there are people who thought they were, you know, at, in the bullseye that didn't see the impacts. You know, the Tampa Bay area, I worry, because now they've had sort of two near misses with Ian and, and Irma. And so that next time they may hesitate to take action when the prudent approach is, is certainly to evacuate. Yeah, it, it is amazing. And I know that we over the years here and, and you guys, too, that sometimes the difference in any storm whether it's a hurricane, tropical storm, or uh, in the Northeast when we have these uh, big bowling balls of low pressure that are coming, the track or the position, all those things, 20 miles, uh, 15, 20, 30 mile difference can make a huge difference in the situations in terms of the impact in a given area. And I think that's one thing that it's hard to tell people that, that look, this is the way it looks now, but a little jog right or left because you know, as we've gotten better, we've told people we're better and we are better in a lot of ways, especially days one for three. I think we're in pretty good shape. Um, maybe a few surprises here or there, but it's really hard to get that exact track. And, you know, think about that. If that center of circulation for Ian had gone just a few miles north, then we would have brought Tampa Bay to bear, which, as you said, has just been had some near misses of late. I, I think of growing up in the northeast the rain snow line, you know, and the warm air coming off the Atlantic meets the cold air, but you don't know exactly where that, that line is going to set up. Oftentimes we'll refer to the, the I-95 corridor there, but you, we'll, we'll get an outstanding forecast where people will still complain because, you know, the, the two feet of snow they expected became three inches, but the town next to them got the two feet of snow. <laughs> It is certainly a catch-22 lately where, uh, yes, you can miss a forecast by two or three miles and still be held accountable. But that's where we are in this world, uh, and we we look to kind of thrive in it because our job is important. And I think that is only even more displayed by these frequency of these events. And And when Ken was here, Ken Graham was here, he talked about that. We are having much more heavy rain, flooding, flash flooding events. I think we're having a lot more squall events in the Northeast uh, because of the more dynamic atmosphere that we see in wintertime or that lead up to late fall into or early spring even where the atmosphere is just mixing up and we're seeing chain reaction accidents on the interstates. And these are all things that not necessarily totally preventable, but these are the kinds of information that can be passed along by Weather Ready Nation ambassadors. So, a big company like us, yes, we have our tools, we have our models, we have our graphics, we have all that stuff. But you mentioned the mom and pop, like the coffee shop or someone. How does someone not 
part of AccuWeather, a big weather company, become a weather ready nation ambassador? Or what do they need to do to be that? So the first clarification is is we're talking organizations here. Okay. We have a series of individual opportunities within our citizen science uh, you efforts. Go. You know, becoming a, a Skywarn spotter uh, is probably our Biggest contribution for an individual person to do. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, And we target organizations because, you know, what we're asking is, you know, engage your employees, engage your, you know, customers or your, your, your networks within that organization. Uh, We encourage, you know, these organizations to be active over social media, but then to, to think about their, sort of community responsibility. And we, we have great examples of, you know, churches, faith leaders who are respected in their in their uh, community. When they start talking about climate change or extreme weather events or taking action instead of, you know, sort of uh, denying that it's going to, to actually happen. When someone who's a trusted source, and we talk about trusted sources within the, the enterprise, and, you know, we have that issue with other sort of organizations that that may not be acting in good faith, trying to hype uh, various events, but, you know, the true and tried, you know, the AccuWeather brand, you know, it's, it's good to get those trusted sources making those engagements. And, you know, again, that's what it's all about. Doug, uh, where does this program go from here? What are some of the things you and the folks in the National Weather Service have targeted for some goals with Weather Reading Nation as we go forward here? in the uh, 2022, 2023 timeframe? We're looking beyond, first of all, beyond numbers, right? You know, 12,000 organizations committed to building a weather rate nation is, is great and all, but we're looking for those organizations that have that strategic connection that can engage, you know, people that, that may not either, they may be isolated or they may, you know, especially anything coming from government, they may have some hesitations. Looking at the reach as the the weather enterprise moves forward, we need to be able to saturate across a community. And then I guess the the final point I'll make is that we're really looking at it from a community perspective. And organizations, you can think about State College or my my hometown here in Fairfax, Virginia, there's a uniqueness to each location. What organizations will make a profound impact in a Fairfax or in a state college where real meaningful resilience occurs. I mean, that's what we're looking for, is is that uh, taking action, engaging people, grassroots efforts. And so I think, you know, in the next 10 years, we're really focused on the community, the uniqueness of those communities across the country, and then really target those uh, vulnerabilities that each community has. Doug, we appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, We're so proud that uh, AccuWeather has become the first private uh, weather forecasting company to be a WRN ambassador. If you'd like more information, you can just go onto their website at uh, noaa.gov. Just uh, do a search for WRN or Weather Ready Nation. They also have a a Twitter account, WRN Ambassadors, which uh, you can look at that and uh, just uh, all kinds of information. Any else, any other place you'd want me to turn people to if they'd like more? Well, I'd, I'd love program. for, you know, to have in, in 2022 recognizing AccuWeather as not only an ambassador, but a weather ready nation ambassador of excellence. 
that we've been able to 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 recognize AccuWeather this year. You've been walking side by side with the National Weather Service on Weather Ready Nation since the beginning. As you spoke uh, earlier about, you know, how we we connected earlier this year on things like Safe Place Selfie, yeah, where AccuWeather did a, an incredible job across all media uh, platforms on encouraging people to know where their safe place is to take action and be that force multiplier, you know, connect with, with grandmom and grandpa or, or a friend who, you know, may have mobility issues, that type of thing. So, you know, AccuWeather with, with their support of safe place selfie with AccuWeather ready uh, and the, and the literally millions and billions of people that you reach with your forecasts. Um, it's been awesome to work with you. Doug Hildebrand, thanks for being with us. We're uh, so happy that you could be with us and share this exciting news with us. And uh, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you. Friends, after a short break, we're going to come back and talk about the weather for the upcoming week and week beyond. As I look at the weather map, there's a lot of nice on it, but there's also a lot of chill and a lot of rain in the southeast part of the country. We'll also preview next week's episode. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Whether you're at home getting ready for work, packing the kids' lunch, or commuting, listen to AccuWeather Daily. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and you'll get the top trending weather story of the day every day. And we welcome you back into Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com as we roll on here with uh, Episode 9 of our fall series as we do our second segment, which we always take a look at the upcoming weekend and week beyond in terms of the weather was really nice for a, a while here to start the week in the Great Lakes in the Northeast, and then a kind of a chilly shot came in, uh, but it's easing out, and really nice weather. If you go all the way from, say, Montana through the Northern Plains, the Dakotas, through most of the Great Lakes, Chicago, Detroit, big game in Ann Arbor on Saturday night with Michigan and Michigan State, and they should be in great uh, situation there, falling through the 40s. Another big college football game in the backyard here of AccuWeather. Penn State hosting Ohio State at 
big noon on Saturday, and that weather looks great with sunshine galore and temperatures getting up into the low 60s. In fact, the weekend from, say, uh, the Delmarva and the Mid-Atlantic all the way up to, through New York and Boston after this little chill at the end of the week should moderate nicely. And I don't think those mild temperatures are going away anytime soon. Now, what is happening is there's a trough of low pressure. If you look at the jet stream, it's coming in in the Pacific Northwest and then takes a deep dive over Texas and then kind of rebounds up into uh, the northeast part of the United States. And so there is going to be some chill into the southern plains, Denver, El Paso, places like uh, San Antonio, Dallas, Chile. And then that area of low, or that, well, that dip in the jet stream will spawn some uh, low pressure and some rain possibilities. It could get pretty pretty rambunctious here. Rain and thunderstorms along the Gulf Coast from Louisiana over to Florida. Probably as far north as South Carolina. Um, some rain also in the places like western Tennessee and western Kentucky. But again, that rain probably runs out as we get into Sunday, as we get up towards Indianapolis and Columbus. Uh, but again, those areas would stay dry Saturday, but be wetter on Sunday. And of course, the northeast in good shape. So again, chilly in the south central plains, dry and not much going on in the southwest part of the country. Some rain and some upper uh, elevational snows up in the Pacific Northwest as we continue to see that jet stream come in in that area. And that's going to be a situation that we see as we go uh, over the next couple of days. One situation we're watching very carefully, and that is Puerto Rico. As uh, we record this on Thursday, heavy flooding downpour, second day of it, right over the entire island. And these uh, tropical rain situations could continue here as we go through uh, at least today. And there may be some situations where we have to see this again into the early part of next week, possibilities. So that's something that we're going to keep an eye on. But certainly keeping in uh, thoughts there is, you know, Puerto Rico continues to reel anytime a big system, whether it's rain, wind, or both come through that area. Um, the pattern for early November is likely to switch here as we get into the early part of uh, next week and beyond. I think the mild temperatures and nice weather actually holds on for the southeast and up into the northeast, but cool and stormy conditions with a deep dive into the jet stream again out in the western half of the country. So those are the highlights for the upcoming weekend and week beyond, and you can certainly get weatherproofed with your life from our great uh, AccuWeather apps, AccuWeather.com, AccuWeather Now, our AccuWeather Network feed, and all our great AccuWeather media partners that we work so well with, and we uh, thank them. Friends, that'll do it for this uh, episode. Again, thanks to Doug Hildebrand. Great, uh, absolute uh, news, and really honored that we are a ambassador of distinction And when it comes to the Weather Ready Nation program, and we will continue to work with Noah and everybody else in that regard. It's going to be uh, you know, a, a great celebration here for us to do that. But the work continues as we continue to try to get people ready to deal with the weather that's coming their way. One thing that as we go into this final days of October, on our minds, the 10th anniversary of Superstorm Sandy, um, the uh, time frame of it to hit uh, the uh, coast there in, in North uh, in New Jersey was um, late October. October 29th is when it made landfall. We're going to talk about that on our next episode, episode 10, with our chief meteorologist, John Porter. The lessons we've learned from Sandy 10 years later, what we've been seeing since that gives us some ideas that this may not be a one-off or a 100-year storm, that there may be 
some uh, increased possibilities of having a similar situation. We've certainly seen close calls here in that last 10 years. So John will have good perspective on that. And as we roll on through fall, get ready for winter. That's certainly something we'll be doing here over the next couple of weeks. For my executive producers, Ken Prell and Andrew Robb, and the hundreds of team members here at AccuWeather that work so hard every day to weatherproof your life, have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week, Episode 10, when we revisit Superstorm Sandy on its 10-year anniversary. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review Everything Under the Sun on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And of course, if you have an idea for a future podcast, just email us at accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.